0: The Sports, Sports Talk with Devin Wade Briefcast. Well, cheese, and Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What happened. we think so far: Lakers were they oversold? Welcome they oversold. to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Briefcast. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. This time out, this is a briefcast, our first of 2023, our first episode of any kind in 2023. And of course, the briefcasts are just abbreviated versions of full-fledged episodes with all of the bells and whistles and guests and DJs and all of that good stuff, life on lock, all of those things are in full-fledged episodes. But this time out, in order to come to you in a more prompt. Fashion. When I can get to you quickly and hit you with one or two topics, I wanted to talk specifically about DeMar Hamlin and the tragic injury that he sustained on Monday night football. And we'll get into all of that. But first I want to remind you of a couple of things. Want you to be interactive. Want to get your thoughts and your feelings about any number of things in the world of sports. And you might just end up on the very next podcast. You can do that by calling the sports line at a 941-6614. that's eight three two nine four one six six one four leave a message 24 hours a day questions requests suggestions just anything you want to know inquiries you can call the sports line leave a message it doesn't guarantee that you'll end up on the next podcast but a lot of times we like to uh, refer to you guys in a segment that we call We, the people, and that comes from you guys leaving messages on that sports line. In addition to that, you can also be a part of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Facebook group, and that's always a lot of information, a lot of entertainment, just a lot of tidbits that folks post each and every day. We certainly appreciate that. On occasion, I'll post poll questions for you guys and get your thoughts that way, sort of make this as interactive as we can. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter, at Wade's Word, Instagram, D-Wade909. How about that? D-Wade909. So those are ways to connect with me and be a part of this sports talk with Devin Wade community. If you haven't heard a full-fledged episode, I invite you guys to go back and listen to any of those episodes, all of those episodes, especially the ones lately uh, about Deion Sanders and the swag. I'll tell you why in just a second, but again, check those out. Apple Podcasts on uh, TuneIn, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, you name it. You can find the podcast and subscribe, like, comment, all of those things, and let folks know that you are listening to us. And that support means a lot for us in our future and uh, really spreading the word on the podcast. So there's a lot of stuff happening and I'm going to get to next episode. Of course, you got the NFL playoffs that are coming up. You have college basketball. You have Dana White's situation, and I have a troll, y'all. I have a, a a YouTube troll, and I've been doing some TV stuff lately, and I'm branching out, and I'm doing more things that are not necessarily in my comfort zone, but there are ways to really illuminate the podcast, and of course, KTSU Sports Talk on Choice 90.9 KTSU here in Houston, Texas, where I originate from, and then I'll tell you all about all of those things in the next episode. And uh, we anticipate having some great guests coming up for you in the future. But this time I wanted to talk about the number one story in sports. And it was the tragic, uh, just really devastating injury to DeMar Hamlin, safety for the Buffalo Bills. And I will tell you this, it has been an emotional week for me and uh, for millions of others. I mean, how can you not be emotional And connected to this young man as he's out doing what we love in this country, playing football. We love it. If you've ever played football on any level, you can relate to really risking injury to play the game. But I've said this so many times, and I don't know how many times i said it on a podcast, but I say it all the time. I love, love, love football. But this is one of those ugly things, the ugly side of the sport. And as I get older, of course, my perspective changes. I mean, the more I look at the contact and the violence involved, I wonder, like, how did I ever do that on any level? I'm not, I not—I never made it to the pros. So I can't really relate to it in that way. Other than I've just been around the game. I've been covering the NFL since my early 20s. I've been around practices and, and training camps and on the field and just... It's a, it's a love, a, a real true love of mine. I love the sport of football, and I want it to, to sustain itself and, and continue to be as important in the culture as it's always been. And when you see stuff like this and the injury that happened to Hamlin, it's just it's heartbreaking, and it gives everybody a whole lot of pause about the future of the game and what's worth it. And, you know, however long that period of time lasts, for some folks – You you know, you spend some time thinking, man, is this, is it worth it? And then, you know, you have to come to a conclusion on why it's important and what's important about the game and can you make the game safer. So all of those things. So let's start with how I even uh, saw this. Uh, On Monday night, I was preparing dinner. I was actually cooking. So I was a few minutes behind. And I like to lag a little bit behind on on my DVR so I could skip through commercials when I do sit down and watch the game. And so, you know, I try to lag 15, 20 minutes behind. And uh, this time I was cooking. And so when I go back into the room, I see, okay, there's an ambulance on the field. Let me rewind it to see what happened. And... I didn't know what play caused the injury because it sort of went back well past the play. So when I finally saw the play, before I even knew that Hamlin was injured, I was like, Wow, what a collision! You see, sometimes you see collisions where the offensive player really initiates uh, the contact, and on that play, he sort of dropped his shoulder, and boom, it, it was a big blow. It, it was nothing that you thought. Oh, wow, this is devastating. You thought, oh, okay, good for the offensive player, because so many times they endure the punishment, and, and then on occasion, you'll see like a Derrick Henry with a big stiff arm, or you'll see some back run over somebody, and it's always a ooh-ah moment when the the offensive player really initiates and wins the sort of contact. And then when he got up and fell, I'm like, oh my God, this is not good. I mean, I'm not a cardiologist, and I've spoken to a cardiologist since then, or I've sort of texted back and forth with a cardiologist, but I just knew, wow, this is not good. And when his head fell, and hit the turf. I'm like, this is bad. And from that moment on, it was just like everything kind of stood still. Obviously, the game stood still. When you started to, when I started to see the players' reactions, I really wondered if he was gonna make it. And, and again, pretty early on in the process, you knew this was not anything like anything we've seen. It was it was bad. And you see the reaction. Once you see the players crying, you're like, oh, my gosh, what is going to happen here? This young man cannot die on this field. I was really, really, really worried that he wasn't going to make it. And then I thought once they transported him, I worried that maybe they knew he wasn't going to make it, but they didn't want that to stop the game. But obviously the emotional response to what those players saw was too much and they had to cancel the game. And since then the NFL has, well, they postponed it. And since then the the NFL has canceled it. And we'll talk about the ramifications of that on the next episode or the next full episode. But it was just a really, I, I have to tell you, it's been really emotional because you find out more about this young man. And you're like, man, this kid is just living his dream. He's living the dream of millions of boys in this country. You know, everybody growing up wanted to be a football player or a firefighter, or, you know, or a basketball player. Now I was, I'm sure, a rapper, uh, maybe athlete, and then I don't know if anybody wants to be a firefighter anymore or a police officer, whatever. But millions of boys in this country grow up wanting to play in the NFL, and I'm in Texas, so we live breathe, eat, I mean, it's all about football here in Texas. So it was the dream of so many people. And it was the, you know, so many people worked so hard to get there, never got a chance for whatever reason. And then you see this young man doing all of the right things, and he gets to live his dream. And unfortunately, something like this happens. And I think that obviously it was the right thing to do to call the game. Because this was something like, We've never seen. Now, again, I remember some really tragic things happening in the field on fields of play. I watched Hank Gathers. I didn't watch it in real time, but I was there right after he was transported. It was in a conference tournament game, and it was on the West Coast. I came in from work. Again, this is 1990. I came in from work or whatever, and it was the late game, and you could tell something was wrong, and there was a lot going on, and then Hank Gathers passes away. I remember the linebacker, Reggie Brown, with the Detroit Lions, Texas A&M linebacker. He broke his neck, never played again, but I heard that they had to give him a tracheotomy on the field. Looking back, I don't know if that was true or not, but I know that he was in real danger on the field. I remember Mike Udley. There's so many other guys. I remember the death of Corey String in training camp. So, some bad things have happened. People have died around the NFL. I heard uh, the guys on PTI talking about a guy that had died in 1971. Died an hour after the game. So, things have happened tragically. But this was, I mean, this was prime time. This was Monday night. This was the one of the biggest regular season games of the year. It was a, a really, really busy time. A time of intense focus on this game. And it started out great. And for this to happen at the time, it really forced everybody to take a closer look at uh, the NFL and the players. And there, I mean, we've been talking about for years, CTE. And I can tell you with having friends from all over the, the NFL who played long NFL careers, all of those guys have something that hurts. And some more than others have really bad situations health wise. You can kind of look at the life expectancy, and it's not the same as the population. I don't know officially what the numbers are, but this game definitely takes a toll. And so we've been paying a lot of attention to those things, and this one put that in hyperspeed and, and really forced the country to examine itself in its relationship with football. We've seen reports from around the country that little league participation is down, People aren't playing as much football. The speculation, that, you know, there'll be a day where it'll be like glorified seven on seven. We've seen the Pro Bowl go away. We've seen a lot of rules that are health related. And I would imagine that something like this will have a profound impact on the future of the game in the short term. Now, we have a short memory when it comes to stuff like this, but I do think it will have an impact. And, and God forbid anything like this ever happens again it could really be a big blow to the popularity of the sport. Now we talk about the same thing with boxing and the violence and boxing, but I say boxing never fell off because of the violence. Cause there, there are people that die a lot more than you might think in the ring. And as a result of boxing, but I don't think boxing's popularity has waned because of the brutality of the sport. I think it's waned because of the management of the sport. And you can debate me on that. I don't know. I, you can tell me, give me your take on that. 832-941-6614. But we all know, I mean, you talk about head trauma. We talk about guys being punch drunk. And we. Remember, I remember Meldrick Taylor and Riddick Bowe and, and even Ali, of course, with Parkinson's. And how much is that? Well, how much that was caused by boxing? Yet, when Mike Tyson was the champ, the sport was as popular as it ever was. I, I don't think the violence in boxing. Diminish the sport but clearly in football nobody wants to watch anything where somebody can die and obviously in auto racing that's a possibility in every sport that i can think of somebody's either died or has come close to dying there was a soccer player a couple years ago fell out and i thought he died right there on the spot and they resuscitated him and he ended up playing again so i wonder about the long-term impact you can give me your thoughts on that 832-941-6614 One of the things I do want to talk about with this situation, with DeMar Hamlin, is the NFL being totally on point by having the right people in the right place and the right protocols to save that young man's life. Had he been anywhere else, he wouldn't have lived. Doctors at the University of Cincinnati said that today, that essentially the rapid response ensured that he would live and survive. For all of the, the knocks and the, the arrows that the NFL is going to get, and they deserve a lot of those things, I think one thing you can thank the NFL for is that they were they had a plan down to the, the second, down to the route to the hospital. They had everything in place. They had the right people in place, and they were resuscitating this guy within a minute. They worked on him and, and saved his life. And so I wanted to do that because the NFL is to blame for a lot of things. Because the other thing that's come out quite a bit is the fact that the NFL does not take care of their players. And it's true. You can talk to a lot of NFL players. And when I tell you they hate, hate, hate the owners, many of those guys really hate NFL ownership because they feel like they, they're suffering these consequences. The NFL will fight you and drag things out. The CTE stuff, I mean, they will, you have to go to their doctors. And of course, their doctors are going to turn you down. And they don't want to give, they don't want to compensate these guys. They fight at every, for every single penny to prevent these guys from getting money. And you could talk about guys being part of class action lawsuits. I, I know a lot about a lot of this stuff. They all know that the NFL is dirty. These owners are dirty. But the other part of that is the collective bargaining agreement. So what happens when the players union and the owners negotiate? Everything is on the table. A lot of things are on the table. And they're negotiating money. And how, what percentage of the income, the gross income, do the NFL players get? And what do the owners get to keep? They argue all over that. So what they do as bargaining chips is they whittle away at stuff like retirement and health care. And what it's going to take in the next collective bargaining agreement is for the players to stand firm on some of these issues. Here's the problem. Okay, there's an inherent problem with how these negotiations go. Unlike the uh, NBA or Major League Baseball, the lifespan of an NFL career is not long at all. And so if you miss a year, you may be missing a fourth or a third of your entire NFL career. And your window is so small to make big money that a lot of guys are not trying to worry about retirement. They're not trying to worry about health care 10 years from now. They're trying to get as much money as they can today because tomorrow's not promised. They don't think about that. They don't really think as much about retired NFL players that helped build this league, and so it's just it's going to be difficult. But it's going to take a special group of team leaders, union representatives for each team, to really convince these guys. There's some things that we have to fight for. So you whittle away at some of the the, the benefits in retirement and health care, so you can get more money now. So the NFL said, "Well, look, okay, we'll give you this." couple of percentage points, but uh, on the back end, let's kind of reduce retirement. I mean, I've never been in the room, but you know that these things get whittled down through negotiations. And the bottom line is the guys that are playing today want as much money as they can get. Look, no corporation is going to voluntarily just take care of you. I mean, when you do see a, a CEO or a company go out of its way to take care of employees, it's like breaking news. It, it makes news all over because it's such a rare thing. Most corporations are big machines and the people can are just cogs in that machine and they get chewed up. The NFL is a prime example of that, especially because of the physical toll it takes on the players' bodies. But I will tell you, it's really going to have to take a, a great effort. And some, some leeway given by the NFL owners. Because a lot of these NFL owners like, look, you know, I don't want to pay for retired guys. I just bought the team five years ago. And, and so the priority is never the guys from the past. It's like right now. We want to get the best deal on both sides financially. To hell with the guys, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now. Thus, you see a lot of bad situations where the NFL just doesn't take care of guys with long-term injuries. You would like to see lifetime insurance. You would like to see better uh, better pension for these guys. But quite frankly, it's going to take the players' union to make that happen. And will a group of guys be willing to go on strike just so they can get more money on the back end? I don't know. You you really have to sell these guys on the vision. And like, hey, one day this is going to be you. You are going to need health care sooner rather than later. And these benefits will benefit you one day, but right now we need to think about the future and not just now. It's just not the nature of how NFL negotiations go. You can give me your thoughts on that. Eight three two nine four one six six one four. I do want to say this: uh, that going back to the young man himself. I was so I wanted to wait on doing any kind of podcast because I was worked up emotionally. And I will tell you when I got word what what concerned me was that that night, the next morning, the next day there weren't updates or press conferences with the hospital. First press conference from the hospital came today which is Thursday. The injury happened Monday night. And I thought no news was bad news. And you started to get some reports from the uncle and Certain people saying, yeah, he's, you know, he's making small progress. But today, I tell you, man, I got really, really emotional when you find out, man, this guy wrote down and communicated like who won. He wanted to know who won the game. Did we win the game? And so he was able to grab hands and, you know, he's coming out of uh, the coma, which was induced by the doctors. and, And it really feels like, okay, we're primarily out of the woods. He has a long way to go. I just felt really, really relieved because, like so many people, I prayed. And when you think about the impact of football, we can think about all of the negative stuff that's happened with this young man's injury, but think about the response. He had a charity that had $2,500 in it to raise funds for, to buy toys for kids at Christmas. It had 2,500. Within 10 minutes, it had over 10,000. Within a day, had over four million. I don't know what the number is now, but it's in the tens of millions of dollars. And the prayers and the responses and on Twitter and social media and in the media, former players and people who've never played the game, everybody was praying for this guy and sending him positive energy that that speaks to football in our culture and every time we talk about abolishing football or doing away with football and the nfl is evil and they've done some really bad racial stuff they haven't had sort of uh, inclusiveness enough of it they hired a diversity person just today new diversity officer you're not getting enough chances for ownership and leadership and black coaches head coaches in this in, in this league coordinates, all of those things. You need more representation. And what they did to Colin Kaepernick was was horrible. It's horrible, and a lot of people are not over that. But the reason why I never walk away from football, in the NFL, is because I know firsthand how many guys in my life that got an opportunity to go to college, that got a chance to make money and have careers because of this game. Think about every assistant coach Every coach, every athletic trainer, every person that is in uh, the execu- on the executive side of things, all the media relations people, all the people who have jobs and careers and raise families off of money generated by the NFL. So many guys who never—they may not ever go work with football, but they get college degrees. Because they never would have been able to go to college. They never would have considered college. They never would have finished high school if not for football. The coaches in some of my schools were the most powerful guys in the school. And they could talk to anybody and get guys to to behave and act right and focus on something other than the foolishness the teenagers focus on. And so football has changed lives. I think of the lessons that I've learned that I carry with me every single day because of the sport of football. You can't get it in other sports. I mean, you can get some of it in other sports. But there's something about the really the inherent danger, the risk of injury, not death. There's no daredevils that play football. There's not X games or whatever. You jumping off clips. It, it's none of that. But there's a an inherent opportunity to be harmed. That's part of the the energy and the focus that you have to have. You can't go and play pickup football. I mean, you could toss the ball around, but you can't play full fledged contact football. You can go throw the baseball around and play in a beer league, and and you can go hoop until you in your fifties, you know, in some kind of rec league. You can't replicate and what you do in football no anywhere else other than organized football. Yeah, you have some semi pro leagues, but that's kind of that's kind of wild. <laughs> but I'm saying it's something that if you're drawn to it. Nobody can really talk you out of. You want to do this. You want to challenge yourself. You want to push yourself to be better and be a part of a team. There's so many great things about the sport of football that on a week like this, this was really, really, really a trying week. And I'm so glad that God has answered the prayers and got this young man at least out of the woods for now. So where his progress goes from here, a lot of people are rooting for him. I'm sure he'll have the best of everything moving forward to try to get himself uh, back together and and back as healthy as he can be. Hopefully no neurological damage, no cognitive damage that they can tell. So maybe he's on the road to a 100% recovery. Not that I mean, nobody even cares if he plays another down in the NFL. You just want him to be able to go on with his life, enjoy life, have a family, and do all the things that everybody else aspires to have. Just a tough week, a really, really tough week and uh i'm I'm, again it's the ugly side of a game i love but i'm anxious to get your thoughts on that and please be on the lookout for the next episode where i will talk tell you about my troll this is a crazy crazy situation check out the next episode we'll have some guests next time i will be getting ready for the nfl playoffs and uh, there's so many more angles to discuss about this but wanted to come to you with this but before i get out of here again, 832-941-6614 and you can tweet me at Wade's word and of course, you can go to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page and the fan page on Facebook and if you can't remember any of those things, please remember these four things Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. (laughs) Bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.